Welcome to Speaking of Grace, the weekly message podcast from the Whole Life Church in Orlando, Florida. We're a multi-ethnic, multicultural, and multi-generational congregation committed to our mission of loving people into a lifelong friendship with God. We are committed to our vision of being a church without walls, fully engaged in serving the people of our community. Thank you for joining us as we continue Speaking of Grace. Oh man, I'm always surprised every single time. (laughs) I just said to the gentleman, I was like, oh, no one's here, great. Because I only have 10 people to talk to. And so if I have to go around explaining myself, then there's only 10 people. And every time I get up here, I see all your beautiful faces. Hello, family. How are you today? Oh my, you must be hungry. Hello, family. Oh, I love it. Thank you. I need the energy too. Remember, this is my second time doing this. And so anxiety and worry is still ringing true for me right now. So I need your response. We're going to do this thing together. Okay? Okay. You're still awake. You're still awake. So we are, my name is Pastor Andrew Lean, and I am the Director of Justice Ministry here. And so I have the opportunity today to speak to the Ninth Commandment. But before we get into it, I would like to do some housekeeping. Like, I know today, as in the first service, that I am going to step on some toes. This might be challenging. This might hurt. So, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, debates, please go ahead and email my dear brother in Christ, Pastor Ken Wentmore at ken at wholelife.church. That is ken at wholelife.church, okay? We're clear? Amen. So, I just want to be clear because I already know this is going to be an ouchie. So I ask that you pray with me now. And I ask that you keep me in your prayers because these shoes were meant for only one hour's worth of walking. And then on top of that, my nerves are already acting up and I can feel my knees buckling already. So pray for me as I pray for you. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, You are so worthy to be praised. Sovereign Lord, you know all, you see all. You know those who are weary and tired of being told that they're less than enough. Where hatred and bigotry and violence has kept them in the dark, robbed them of life and value. Like me, when I was told I was not a good mother, that women don't go into ministry, or that because I was an immigrant from Haiti, I was not enough. But God, you take the foolish things of this world and you make them wise. So thank you for using me in this moment, in this hour, to speak to your children. I pray for strength and courage, but I also pray for clarity 
so that I may share what you have shared with me so that together we might grow and mature in our journeys towards you and towards home. Bless and keep us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we have been in this beautiful series called Arise to Law or Love at Work. It is the Ten Commandments. And like Pastor Ken shared last week, we'd like to call it the Ten Commitments. Because what matters to you, you commit to. You commit to your family. You commit to your spouses. You commit to your jobs. So I think it's a great reframing to call it the Ten Commitments. And so just to see how far we have come along our Ten Commitments journey, we're going to do a refresher, pop quiz. Let's see if you remember all of them. Number one, only God saves us. We could agree on that, right? Number two, don't put God in a box. sort of. Number three, oops, let's go back. Number three, what we say about God matters. And this, what we say about God is important because it's going to apply to number nine. That word, do not take the Lord, the name of the Lord, your God in vain. That word vain, it's the same sort of concept that comes back in number nine. Number four, we can rest because Jesus has done all the work. Ooh, I love that one. Amen to that. I am the type of person who is a type A personality. I like to check off the boxes. I like to do work because the more work I do, the more satisfied I am at the end of the day. So I like to strive for my salvation. Lord, am I good enough here? Am I good enough there? So this, number four, has been life-altering for me. Number five, spiritual blessings flow from a proper respect of life givers. Okay? Number six, this is where it starts to hurt. Don't take life in any way. Instead, give life. This is going to be important for number nine as well. Number seven, we must love our spouse like God loves us. Number eight, addition is better than subtraction. And now our ninth. Great journey, right? Great commitments. Number nine, we will speak from restorative relational intimacy. What does that mean? Well, let me explain. As promised, the smart brevity. So if you tune out, take this, put it in the back pocket, okay? And I know you're all are hungry. Some of you are starting to fall asleep right now, but I promise you stay with me. It will make sense when we get to the end. The summary of today's conversation is the Nike commandments or the Nike commitment invites us to speak from your commitment to relational intimacy. When I mean intimacy, that means I know, you see this? This is what we're praying about, everybody. 
I know you and you know me. We're in a relationship together. We call each other family because we are in a relationship together. So it invites us to speak that your commitment to relational intimacy that is transparent to accountability breaks the chokehold of condemnation and releases the wounded into the newness of life. Sounds like a mouthful, but I promise to explain. This commandment assumes that we are taking on the same relational community that brought forth life in Genesis and restores life in Revelation. Okay? No one thought thou shalt not lie would mean that much, but I promise you we're going to get there. So we know it as do not lie. No one goes around wanting to not tell the truth, right? We generally have a good relationship with the truth. You shall not bear false witness. Bear false witness? What does that mean? Uh, kind of, sort of. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. Oh, that's clear. This is all in the language of court. Are there any lawyers in amongst, amongst of us? Okay, anyone's been watching the Johnny Depp and Amber? Okay, right, right? So we can clearly tell who's who and what's what, right? There's a great case playing out for this particular commandment in our mainstream media right now. It'll make sense, I promise. I want you to note that word false. Because if there is a false way of bearing witness, obviously there's a right way of bearing witness. Right? Still tracking with me? Okay. So, in the vein of this commandment, the word false is supposed to mean empty, shallow, or without power. Okay? You must not steal, you must not lie or deceive one another. We can agree. We can agree. You shall not spread a false report. Do not join the wicked by being malicious witness. We can agree. Stay far away from false accusations. Do not kill the innocent or the just, for I will not acquit the guilty. Okay. I'm with you. I'm following you, Jesus. Do not seek revenge or bear grudge against any of your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. What happens when you don't love yourself? What type of witness do we bear when we don't love ourselves? You ever thought about that? Okay. And then finally, before we get into our text for today, Deuteronomy 19:15, one witness shall not rise against a man concerning iniquity or any sin that he commits. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, the matter shall be established. Okay. I think. I think you guys have a good idea. 
So when we enter into the text of John 8, verse 1 through 11, as they wonderfully did um, our prayer today, um, they talked to you about the idea of this woman being caught in the act. And she is dragged into the temple. And it is crowded because Jesus attracts a crowd. And this woman is placed in the middle of everybody else in front of the crowd. If she's caught in the act, likely she is completely undressed. So this woman is naked, humiliated, and shamed right in front of the whole entire temple. So imagine if in our time together here, as I'm preaching this, someone comes through the door, a couple of great Christians decide that they're going to grab hold of someone they just saw get baptized and grab them and bring them in here and say, they just got baptized and they're not following the commandments. They're like, oh, that would never happen here at Whole Life Church. But let's bring it a little closer. What if someone dropped right in front of us that young man who shot all of those people in Buffalo, New York. What if we dropped right in front of us? Do I say this, Jesus? I'll say it, I'll say it, I'll say it. Remember, Ken at wholelife.church. What if, what if right in front of you is that cheating ex of yours? or maybe your cheating current spouse. What if the person who was dragged and dropped right in front of us was Putin? You would all say, condemn him, crucify him. It's worth it. Let's do it. Yes, stone him, right? Because they were caught in the act. So they're axing, let's take a caveat. She's sitting right here, caught, guilty, worthy of death. They're axing Jesus to be judge and jury of this woman. The same Jesus who gave us the Ten Commitments, wrote it by hand, and they're asking him to bear witness to the Ten Commitments. Without proper proof, because how did you catch her in the act? How did you catch her in the act? Were you underneath the, the bed? Were you in the closet? How do you know she's guilty? Where's the person that was caught in the act with her? Unless one of the people that was caught in the act was actually present looking to condemn her. But hey, who am I? I don't know. 
So how does Jesus explain lying in John 8, 1 through 11? And the text read, now in the law, again, we're 10 commitments. Moses commands us to stone such women. What then do you say? Now, they were saying this to test him so that they might have grounds for accusing him. So they're asking him to either bear witness to the law or bear witness to the Roman laws or bear witness to the fact that he wasn't the Messiah or bear witness to the fact that this woman is guilty. They were asking him to do a lot of things. So would Jesus affirm them? Would Jesus be like, y'all all guilty? <laughs> what would Jesus do? Our dear Jesus, our loving Jesus, chooses to do something that really blew my mind about the way to bear witness. And it, it struggled. It, 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 uh, I don't like it, Jesus. I want to be angry. I want to be angry that all of these people were shot. I want to be angry that so many people have lost their life in Ukraine. I want to be angry because they're guilty. But Jesus does something that I, I can't. It's a challenge. He comes down with all of these, these men yelling, crucify and stone her, her naked and, and, and battered body because she was dragged, is broken and bruised. Guess who's going to be naked and bruised on a cross soon? He comes down to her level. He was sitting already teaching and they stand this woman clearly broken and he gets lower and stoops and starts writing on the ground. Who is he identifying with? Who is he covering in this moment? Who is he bearing witness to in this very moment? Scholars tell us that he wrote down the Ten Commandments. Others say he started taking names and putting out their sins. Because if everyone's going to get exposed, let's all get exposed together. Right? Let he who is sinless cast the first stone. Jesus stays there. He waits. And then he gets up. And he says to her, where are your accusers? He calls her woman. Now, in this day and age, somebody calls me woman, I'd be like, say what? My name is Anderlene. 
but he also calls his mother woman. Woman, here is your son. That was a term of endearment and relationship. So her shame, her guilt, her condemnation was right there. And instead, what does he do? He does something that is beautiful. And this is what we call both transformative justice, which seeks to respond to violence and harm and abuse by reducing and lessening violence and harm and abuse in the punitive process. And then he does restorative justice. They're, they kind of go hand in hand. In his approach, he is repairing harm when the wrongdoing or injustice occurs in the community. Right? This happened in the community. Everyone saw it. Don't we often treat sins like they're all different? Like there's a gradient. Well, it's a little white lie. <laughs> well, it's just a little bit hateful. Oh, well, you know, white America has beaten our backs and created this systemic issue. It's okay for me to hate them. I told you I'm stepping on toes. I'm stepping on toes. Or because they're Republican and they supported Trump and, and all of those children who were not able to cross over and were put into cages and all of these things and it began with Obama. While yet there are still kids who have not been reunited back with their families. Jesus brings restoration. He doesn't victimize. He doesn't excuse either. This is what he does. He creates the atmosphere for accountability, right? Because he said, hey, if you're sinless, cast your first stone. Cast the stone. Go ahead. He didn't. He didn't have to lie, his behavior bore the witness. John 8, 10 to 11, when Jesus had raised himself up, he saw no one but the woman. He said to her, woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. This is the type of witnessing that I believe we need in our world. Balanced. Neither extremities have to be where we stand. 
because the extremities were placed on a cross. The type of witnessing that we need is the witnessing that says, by the blood of the lamb and their testimonies, because God has been so good to me and merciful and gentle and loving and pruning and growing and maturing me, I can in turn do the same for another person. Because you are blessed to be a blessing. Too much is given, much is required. We are a family. But we can't be a family that is <sighs> stuck in a culture of niceties. This is why we challenge you every week to consider these 10 commitments. Because niceties don't bring change. Niceties does not bring justice. Niceties is not what we're talking about. It's good to be polite because let me tell you, in Canada and British Columbia, people apologize for everything. I'm so sorry. I was like, what you sorry for? You, you. <laughs> I get it. But the culture of niceties makes us comfortable. And it muddies our witness. We have to be willing to sit in these awful places of uncertainty. Because if we're going to change anything in this world, we have to bear witness to a God who is not about shallow or empty or false words. Our God is still powerful our God is still capable. Our God is still providing for all of us here in this day and age. So when he says, my words will not return to me null and void, he means it. So when we speak to one another with words that are made for life and restoration and healing, guess what's going to return to you? So there's a lot more I could have said. I have 13 pages of notes, but my time has since run out. <laughs> Let me challenge you with this. I did this beautiful study in this process where I looked at the Ten Commandments and I looked at 1 Corinthians 13. Do you realize that there's an alignment between the two? Love is patient. Love is kind. Bell Hook wrote a book called All, All About Love. I might mis be misquoting that. And she said, love should be the integrity of every human being. Out of the abundance of the mouth, out of the abundance of the heart, excuse me, the mouth speaks. So if love is your integrity, what will you speak? You will speak love. But love is not simply foo-foo, la-la, give me candy and all this good stuff. Love has very actionable items. So what 
are you bearing witness to? What does your mouth speak? What does, more importantly, your life speak? Because you could bear witness both with words and without them. Let me give you the three, because I, I guess I promised uh, the last crew that uh, I would give you guys some actionable items. And since my time ran out anyways, I'm gonna take a few more minutes. My actionable items for you, here are the three challenges. The language of love is contemplative of self and aware of God. And it leads to grace and acceptance. The language of love is contemplated of self and God and leads to transparency and humility. The language of love is contemplative of self and God that leads to transformative and restorative justice. So I'm asking you to take the time to commit yourself to the type of love integrity and relational intimacy with one another, no matter what your background, creed, race, gender is. And speak from that place. Speak as Jesus spoke to the broken and bruised body of that woman affirmed her and said, go, sin no more. Go and make disciples. Go and baptize. Go and do as I have done. So join me in making that commitment. And our last slide, this commandment assumes that we are taking on the same relational community that brought life in Genesis and restores, oops, clearly I'm tired, <laughs> restores life in Revelation. The same God who spoke this world into existence and called it good and very good. It's the same God who speaks and says, well done, good and faithful servants. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Family, this message is different. I'd like for you to struggle with it and consider other applications for your life, for yourself, for your family, and for your community. It may seem slightly hopeless, but let me tell you and encourage you, we have a Father in heaven that grants us His Holy Spirit. And so I believe that if we hunger and thirst for changes, it will truly happen. I've seen it in my life. I wasn't meant to be here. I wasn't meant to be doing this, but this is where God has brought me because I hungered and thirst to change 
the way people viewed God with hatred and anger. So let me pray for you. And I want to remind you next week, our annual summer series will begin. And we're going to have a guest speaker, Gina Creek. So do come back. I think you're going to be surprised and blessed by our summer series. So bring a friend. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, your children love you. Seal this message into their hearts with the power of your Holy Spirit. And whatever they came in with, whatever their hurts and their pains and their aches and their traumas and their triggers, Lord, remind them that they are deeply loved by you and deeply loved by this church. Embrace them, keep them, and help them to bear the right witness for you. Lord, we don't want to see any more divides, any more gaps, any more bigotry, any more violence. We're tired of it. But we're making a commitment as your church, as a family, to do things differently. Change us so that we might do it differently. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hi, this is Randy McGray podcast producer and host here at Whole Life Church. Loving people into a lifelong friendship with God is our mission at the Whole Life Church, and our podcasts, Speaking of Grace, and its companion, 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff, are designed to help facilitate conversations that help us grow together in that pursuit. Now that you've heard the message for this week, don't forget to check out the Whole Life Takeaways for this message. Swipe up in today's show notes and join the conversation. Speaking of conversations, each Wednesday morning we take a closer look at the week's message. That's right, the one you just listened to. We discuss practical ways to apply spiritual lessons and ask honest questions about the issues we face as Christians, all focused through the lens of grace. Your voice is a welcomed addition to that conversation. We encourage your thoughts and your questions by sending a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or send an email to podcast at wholelife.church. You can find everything podcast-related on our website, wholelife.church slash podcast. And plan on spending every Tuesday evening and Wednesday morning with us as we bring you the Whole Life Church inspiration you love straight into your headphones. Thanks for listening, and have a great week.